Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. A Mother's Tale I cannot believe that I am back here at my diary. It's been so many years since I sat down to write, because I truly thought my parenting woes were behind me. But once again, I am exasperated. I don't know where the time flew and when all these changes happened, but looking around at my home, I feel as if it is not the place that it used to be. Sunday morning, 6.45 a.m. The alarm clock is ringing from the other room. It sounds almost as loud as if it was my own. How is it possible that Libby, whose head is but mere inches away from it, still does not wake up? I pull myself out of bed and pad my way toward his room. If he doesn't wake up now, there is no way that he will make it to Yeshiva in time for his 740 minion. After moans and groans, I finally get confirmation that he is aware of my presence, and I make my way to my room to get ready for the day. I can hear Yossi downstairs already, and I can smell the powerful brew of his early morning caffeinated coffee. I shudder to think how much caffeine that child ingests every day. My parents would have never allowed me to drink coffee, let alone four cups of it a day. Sunday morning, 7.13 a.m. I can't believe it. Livy has been sleeping all this time. He will be late to yeshiva again. I can only imagine what the Manal thinks of me as a parent. But what am I supposed to do? Isn't Libby old enough to be responsible for himself and his schedule? Believe me, I've tried everything in my power, but he goes to sleep so late every night, claiming that he's not tired, and then suddenly in the morning he is way too tired to get out of bed. Does that make any sense? I have tried many times to convince him to go to sleep earlier, but apparently my logic is not very logical at all. Sunday morning, 7.17 a.m. A groggy... Partly untucked Libby moseys his way into the kitchen. The only reason that I am not shouting is because my parenting knowledge dictates otherwise, but my blood pressure is surging. He takes one look at me and knows exactly what I would love to say. It's no big deal, Ma, is his nonchalant offering. Nobody cares if you come late to Minion anyway. He moves toward the pantry and takes a Danish, making his way toward the door. I quickly grab two oatmeal muffins from the freezer and stick them in his hands as well. I can't stomach the fact that he eats such non-nutritious items as a first morning meal. Ugh, ma. Those taste like whole wheat. I'll be fine with the Danish. Bye. And with that, he's gone. He didn't even do anything, and yet my emotional energy is spent. Sunday morning, 8.52 a.m. I finally hear some stirring from the female contingent of the family. It must be Rifki. I'm happy she slept a bit late this morning. She ended up going to sleep so late last night. The older ones complain that Rifki gets to stay up later than any of them ever did at her age, but what can I do? The rest of the family is up and about till all hours of the night, playing games, going for pizza, listening to music. How can I expect her to go to sleep? Anyway, she really is so cute, and is lots of fun to have around. So it doesn't bother me that she stays up. Sunday morning, 9.43 a.m. Rifki is post-breakfast and davening and wants to get together with a friend. She makes a few calls and finally hooks up with Suri, a friend who lives about 15 minutes from our house. The big girls are sleeping anyway, so I tell her that I will gladly drive her over. Sunday morning, 
10.52 a.m. After dropping Rifki off and making a quick stop at the grocery because we were almost completely out of coffee, I walked through the front door. Where were you, Ma? was Mindy's less than affectionate welcome. And why don't you ever remember to take your cell phone with you? It's so annoying when you disappear and I have no way of knowing where you are and when you're coming back. I feel like a second grader having to answer up to my principal. Am I not the mother in this house? Why am I the one answering to my child? I was out bringing Rifki to a friend and then I stopped at the grocery to get a few items, was my meek reply. I can't believe you, Ma. When I was Rifki's age, you were never able to bring me to friends. Why are you always available to bring Rifki wherever she needs to go? It's so not fair how you spoil her. And I bet you she wanted to go to Surrey, who lives on the opposite end of town, and you had no problem bringing her. I remained quiet. I really didn't know what to say. Is it really true that I spoil Rifki more than the others? I mean, practically speaking, when the bigger ones were growing up, I really wasn't available to bring them to friends because I had all the little ones in tow. But maybe she is right after all. Should I be saying no to Rifki's requests just because I wasn't able to bring her older siblings to their friends? That really doesn't make sense either. Sunday afternoon, 12.37 p.m. 12.37 p.m.? Is that Chevy finally emerging from her room? It must be, because I can hear the shower water already running. I don't mind if my girls sleep late on a Sunday morning, but 12.30 seems a bit irresponsible to me. And not only that, but instead of rushing to get dressed and daven on time, she goes into the shower for another half an hour, please explain to me what takes so long, and then gets dressed up for another 40 minutes, and until she comes down, it is already almost 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, she feels bad that she missed davening, and she didn't really mean to oversleep, and she will daven an extra mincha instead, so it's fine. I know what to expect already. This is a weekly routine. Sunday afternoon, 3.05 p.m. Chevy and Mindy want to go shopping because they are <clears throat> desperate for more tops. After finding out what time Rifki needs to be picked up from her friend, I agree to take them to one store of their choice. It takes about a half an hour for the two of them to fight out which store is best to go to. At 3.45, we are finally ready to go. Sunday evening, 5.22 p.m. An elated Chevy, a moping Mindy, and a positively bored Rifki pile into the car. I am utterly exhausted, and my brain feels as if it's about to explode. Thank goodness that I only agreed to go to one store. Chevy found two tops, out of approximately 30 that she tried on, that we bought. To be honest, I'm really not comfortable with the styles that she is choosing lately, but I don't know what to do about it. Shopping in general has become such a stress that I almost feel that if Chevy finally finds something that she likes, it is worth it for me to buy it for her just so that I don't have to hear the complaining. Mindy tried on several tops as well, but none of them suited her. She was very clear about her disappointment, stating explicitly that it was stupid that we listened to Chevy and chose to go to this store because she knew that they wouldn't have anything good for her. Rifki was climbing the walls while her sisters tried on top after top after top and then stared at themselves in the mirror, turning every which way to decide whether it fit just so and whether it would match better to the charcoal skirt or to the maroon one. Sunday evening, 6.06 p.m. Supper is ready and I roam the house to gather the kids. Chevy is in the middle of davening mincha 
I'm not sure if this is her first or second mincha. Mindy is on the front steps, chattering loudly with some friends, and Rifki is cozy on the couch, completely engrossed in the latest novel. I wait a few minutes, and then I announce, Supper time! My first response is from Mindy through the screen door. What's for supper tonight, Ma? If it's leftovers, don't even bother serving it to me because I hate leftovers. Followed by a chorus of giggles from her and her friends. Sometimes I feel so degraded when Mindy speaks to me. She speaks with tones that imply superiority when, in fact, I am the one who is supposed to be in charge. I hate to admit it, but often she is downright chutzpahdik. When did this happen? I had taken care of her chutzpah so many years ago, and all of a sudden it has resurfaced with a vengeance. My next response comes from Chevy. Ah, 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 no, 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 is all I get. Rifki is the only one who actually surfaces, so we eat a peaceful supper together. Sunday evening, 8.43 p.m. Ma, ma, I'm starving. Why don't we ever have anything normal to eat in this house? It's Mindy, of course. I try not to think about the overstuffed fridge and pantry or the delicious <clears throat> leftovers on the stove. I'm not even sure what she means when she says that. Does she not see all the food in this house? Finally, she plops down at the kitchen table with a bowl of cereal and milk. One minute, isn't that a breakfast food? How can she expect to feel full from cereal and milk? I am smart enough at this point in my parenting career not to say anything, but I just can't believe that a 12-year-old girl would behave this way. Chevy suddenly appears. So in the end, I think the lavender top goes best with the charcoal skirt and the navy one goes best with the maroon. I still think I could get away with wearing the navy top with the charcoal skirt. It's just not as sharp. I nod. I guess two and a half hours is a reasonable amount of time to ponder such important issues as charcoal skirts. At least she ended up making a decision. Upon completion of her monologue, she heads for the freezer and takes out <clears throat> the ice cream. If I thought cereal and milk were bad, I mean ice cream? I cannot control myself any longer. Chevy, there is plenty of healthy food to eat for supper, is part of my statement, part plea. No thanks, Ma. I'm not hungry for supper now. I'll just snack some muffins and ice cream, okay? Oh, just a snack. Is this some kind of joke? It's 8.45 at night already. How could she not be hungry for supper? but only be hungry for a snack. I really do think that maybe I am the crazy one. This is just too much. Sunday evening, 9.26 p.m. Leiby has already devoured the majority of the leftovers. I figure I'll catch up on his day after finishing homework with Rifki, but although I see that Leiby was definitely in the kitchen because everything associated with his supper remains exactly where it was when he was eating it, Leiby has vanished. I go find him. He is upstairs in his room and barely notices my entrance since he is playing his keyboard at a level that would probably be loud enough for a simcha hall. How many times do I have to explain to him that at night he must be sensitive and play at a lower volume? I put my hand on the volume control and he jumps. Oh, you scared me, ma. I apologize, Libby, but I just came to say hi. And the keyboard volume was a bit too loud. How was your day, I ask? Fine, ma. Can you just close the door when you leave? Oh, well. I guess that's the end of our conversation. Sunday evening, 9.52 p.m. I gently remind everyone that if they have homework, now would be a great time to do it. I get a few eye rolls and some vague mm-hmms in response. I remember the days when the house ran on such a smooth schedule. 
when homework and bedtime routines were worked out to a science and everyone had an organized ending to their day? Nowadays, things don't quite feel as organized as they used to. Is it me? Am I doing something wrong? Sunday evening, 11.15 p.m. I finally finished pulling the house together as Yassi walks through the door. He makes his way to the fridge, pulls out the rest of the leftovers, and pops them into the microwave. I sit down at the table beside him to catch up on his day, but apparently the latest Zman is much more intriguing than a conversation with Mommy. I plow ahead anyway. How was your day, Yassi? Good, is the reply. Anything new and different happen in yeshiva? I make a second attempt. No. Strike two. I give it one last shot. How's the learning going? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm not even sure if that response is meant to be positive or not, but it is pretty clear that Yossi will not be schmoozing much right now. Oh, well. I guess a mother is not really entitled to such magnanimous gestures from her children as actual communication regarding what went on in their day. My girls don't seem to have this problem, though. Sunday evening, 12.03 a.m. I still hear some chattering in the background, but I cannot stay up any longer. My brain is too heavy to think. When did my cute, peaceful home turn into a muddle of moods, judgment clashes, and estrangement? Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I am the director of Handsful, which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. Send me your parenting questions by going to my website at handsfullchenuch.com or by WhatsApping me at 718-714-8595. I look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no matter how impossible things may seem, the earth will continue rotating on its axis.